Here we are again, babes. That's right. You slept last night. Uh, like more than usual. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, but I don't think we need to get into that yet. Okay. <laughs> what do you want to start early. off with? Um, I, I, it was, a, it was kind of a sleepy day for me towards the end of the evening. I, I noticed. <laughs> did i t i don't think i told you this so don't look up gets a nomination for best picture uh-huh and apparently there were post-credit scenes that we didn't watch so oh. i went back this week or yeah. maybe a week ago and i viewed them oh yeah yeah they land on the planet, you know, Meryl Streep and the guy who claims not to be a businessman. Oh, the the rich guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. And there's these dinosaurs. Meryl Streep goes up to pet one of them and gets eaten. <laughs> really? And then Jonah Hill survives the asteroid attack, and I think he's the only one left on the planet. <laughs> so he, you know, breaks free of the rubble and starts broadcasting to, like, Instagram and talks about, hello, I'm the only one alive. Thank you for watching. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes. So so this is like a deleted deleted scenes, right? These are like post-credit scenes that they've been starting to do now where during the credits or at yeah. the end of them, they'll have extra material. Oh, wow. Did you like it? I thought it was funny. That is funny. Hello. He's broadcasting to nobody. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I'm glad that the movie got a Best Picture nomination at the Oscars. Uh -huh. It's been very divisive. Yeah, I would imagine it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would imagine it is. Although very entertaining, it can be very divisive, I would imagine. Yes. Well, you saw the movie. I did. That's why I say it, it, it can be divisive. I, I agree with you. Okay. I did see the movie. I saw it with you, bro. I just said, okay, babe. Okay. I just want to make sure. Okay. Okay. Goodness. <laughs> goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, kind of feisty this morning there, J-Wo. Well, I I just wanted to make sure, bub. Okay, good. After you went to bed last night, I watched a luxury home tour mm -hmm. of this $79 million mansion million. in Florida. So, like, there is a apartment in New York that I am obsessed with. Really? It, it costs $135 million. It's Japanese-inspired, mm -hmm. and it's one floor. And from what I've heard, the building shakes around a lot. There's problems with the elevator in it. Oh, wow. Who knows if they're going to sell it for that much, but that's what they're asking. And that uh -huh. same building, there's another complete floor that's for sale for 169 million but i haven't seen as many videos on that one you're obsessed with it because you're like how can anybody live in this yeah exactly you get one floor for that much money yeah um yeah that's not 135 that's not worth 135 million in my opinion oh i agree with you and it, i don't think either of them sold yet and there's questions i think it's 44th 02 or 432 West Park oh, is where wow. the building's at. I might have that wrong. I, I hope I don't. But that's uh that's crazy. Anyways, if you drop the price like sixty million dollars for the one thirty five unit, uh-huh, and you go to Florida, yeah, there is this beautiful, like Italian style building uh -huh. that has nine bedrooms. Oh wow. 
God, how many bathrooms as a really cool movie theater, huge kitchen, wow. uh, has a pool and there's a guest house that they didn't show in the video. And they said that the reason why is the current owners who are selling the property are staying in the guest house until they find the seller. So oh. they wanted to respect their privacy, but they oh. said that the guest house has like three bedrooms and wow. a few other amenities as well. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm thinking like, why? Live in New York for so much money when, I mean, don't get me wrong, $80 million is way out of my price range. Like, it is a lot of money, but that is, that's, that's, that sounds like that house is, could be worth more than that other one in New York. Exactly. Yeah. I've always wondered, babes, uh-huh. if you buy a luxury apartment and something happens to where the building goes bankrupt yeah. because there's not enough units sold. Yeah. How does that work? Do you, I, I imagine you have insurance, but does that cover something like that? You know, I don't know. And I can't find anything about that online. Maybe I'm just looking in the wrong spots. I don't know. That's a, that's a question that I can't answer. Mm. I have no opinion on that. Nice. Yeah. So that's what I watched last night when you were sleeping there. J-Wall. Okay. Okay, Bob, you're okay. Okay, Bob, you're okay. Okay, you sound tired now, babes. I'm not tired. Oh, good. I'm bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Nice. Very good there. J-Wall. No, I'm not tired at all, Bob. Yeah. I had a real... I was... I was out. I, I got up like... Well, I woke up at five, and I didn't officially start to really wake up until about seven something. I got up at around seven forty two. Okay. How do you feel about that? What were you doing when I was sleeping? Were you just looking at me? I can't look at you. Well you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I wasn't <laughs> No, I was I was just lying there I was just lying there listening to some stuff. Nice. That's all. Nice. Minding my own business. Well good. Good, good, good. Oh, babes, I had to update the Bard app on my phone. Again? Yeah, because it was starting to do that noise thing. Oh. I don't know why. Why don't you just go on the website? Because you can't just stream it from the website. Really? I don't think so. You can't download it from the website? You can download it, but streaming it is a different thing. Oh, you might have to do that, because if the app isn't working on your phone, then I don't know what to say about that. It keeps doing the weird sound thing. They really got to get the Android version of the Bard app together. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking you might just have to, you know, download it straight from uh, the website, the um, the book. Yeah, but then I'd have to listen to it on my computer. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Mm. They don't put, make it DRM-free. Oh, wow. Yeah. It'd be nice if they did. Yeah. Well, maybe you could get a hold of uh, Bard and... and you know, ask what oh, I've reached out. I've left reviews. I've sent emails. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know what to say, Bubs. It might be a thing to where they just don't have the resources. Yeah. But it's the sound quality on Android can be a little bit wonky. Like, I know mm-hmm. that different things record sound differently. Yeah. But the way it is to where it keeps coming in and out and close and far away. Yeah. And it does that consistently throughout the recording. It makes it really complicated. Would you be able? Would you be able to download it onto your um, your iPhone? Uh, my old iPhone doesn't work anymore. Oh, so I can do it under the iPad, but then it's a little bit more bulky. But you know, oh. this is first world problems, babes. I know. Yeah, you know. 
I know. I know. I know. I know. I figured it out. I figured it out. I figured it out a long time ago, my boy. Oh my goodness. I know what's up. What? I know what's up. Okay. We almost went out to eat with some people today. And we discussed this earlier. I, I don't want to make a huge thing out about it. And you put the kibosh in, and that's totally cool. The kibosh, yeah. That's yes, a fun word. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's going to happen later on today. Yeah. But at least now we're starting to have discussions about having groups of people together. And I think next month is when we're probably going to go full tilt with that. I hope you're right, bud. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but by the same time, I am very, very cautious because there have been other state states that say, well, we're lifting it, but we're not lifting it completely. And kids have to still suffer with this, but everything else is fine. Well, apparently a lot of school districts are, are starting to lift mask requirements here in Portland or here in the Oregon metro area. I, yeah, well, that, that's, that is encouraging because, um, kids should not be, wearing um something over their face for the entire eight hours or however long they're there it's just not healthy i'm just excited to start hanging out with people again i've been like a caged dog yeah i feel like i i feel like i've been separated from a lot of people i i want to go visit people's houses um you know i want to go to restaurants and not have to worry about oh i gotta have something on if i'm not eating Mm -hmm. or drinking it's ridiculous um I want to sit next to a person and have a face-to-face conversation in public at a, at a, at an event. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that and hopefully it, it, it stays that way. I think it'd be so cool, babes. Yeah. To have a group of people go to the laughing planet again, because they have that outdoor seating. Oh, in the summertime. Yes. Yeah. That was a nice patio, wasn't it? And it, there's like a roof covering. There's a there's a nice patio. The food was great. We might have to do that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good place. Yes, it is. Remember how long it took us? Uh, well, it didn't take us that long actually. We got there. We got there in time. When a friend of mine came to visit, we had like a big get together, and we were running a little bit late. But yeah. we got there. We got there. Everything was great. The food was really good. There was a lot of, uh, there was a, a pretty good sized group of us. Yeah. And you seemed to be happy. I was happy. Okay. Yeah. I was with my Jewel. Okay. Yeah, he was just very happy. You were a happy boy. A happy boy. Happy boy that, that night. And it, it was really fun. It was. It was a good time. I gave you your present. Yesterday. Yes, you did. And unexpectedly, but I I appreciate it very much. Um he Rick gave me a, a garlic press. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it, but I did actually need it. Yes. Which was really nice. You, you you like giving practical presents and I appreciate that. I do. I'm not just gonna give you a photo when I know you can't see it or <laughs> something that you know doesn't work but people talk about how great it is you're not gonna yeah you're not gonna give me like a a membership to a gym well those work no some people do give membership a gym memberships to women and uh some women are not very happy about that oh why because it shows that their man's taking an interest and wants their woman to live longer 
No, because I think with the, and I've never had that happen to me, but I've heard that when women get uh, gifts like that, they think, well, my, my man thinks that I'm fat. That's what they think. Well, then he's providing the solution, at least. Oh, Bob, you're <laughs> thinking just like a man. Oh, my goodness. There's a problem and you want to fix it. Just, just like a man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, I appreciate that, actually. Thank you. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm glad you like that there, Jimbo. Yes, 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 yes. Babes, what do you want to talk about? What do I want to talk about? Yeah. Um, always, I, I always bring up subjects. I know, but you, you bring up really good thought-provoking subjects. Well, okay, here's one. Oh, okay, I know, I, know, I just said, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> but um, let's talk about the idea of suicide. Uh-oh. No, no, no. I'm not going to slip uh, my wrist here or anything. No, no, no. And no. I wasn't thinking you were. I'm just thinking, uh, why are we going here? Well, you believe in Christianity, but you have also told me that you're a little bit more loose than a lot of Christians are about the idea of suicide, that sometimes there are accentuating circumstances. No, I never said that. Oh, I, I never said that. No, oh. no. What, what would you think I would say that? Extenuating circumstances. I thought you said that somebody could commit suicide and still go to heaven. Yeah, but that's not an extenuating circumstance. I said, I never said that there was any excuse for suicide. There's not an excuse, but there are, everybody has their own life situation and some people aren't doing really well. And it doesn't make it right, but they can, uh, I've, so let me rephrase this. Okay. I've known a lot of Christians who have said that if you commit suicide, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not, you're still going to hell. And that's not true. That's a, that's a very, very, um, false, uh, doctrine that I don't know how, I don't know how it got into some people's heads, but if a person is a Christian and they die, whether they kill themselves or not, they're still going to go to heaven. Okay. So the reason, I've heard his justification for that is yeah. when you're alive, you can repent for your sins. But when you kill a person, even if it's yourself, it's a form of murder and murder is a sin. And since it's your last act on this planet, you can't exactly repent for it. So therefore you're going to hell. No, that's not true. Okay. That I'm, I'm telling true. you what I've been told. I'm <laughs> well, not even, necessarily what I believe. Yeah. Well, even murderers have been able to go to heaven because they were able to repent before they died. Exactly. But, but, but hold on, hold on a second. But if you're a Christian and you kill yourself, you will be judged for it. But if you were really a Christian, you're not going to go to hell. Okay. If, if you really did, um, it, if you, <clears throat> if you really were saved to begin with, you're not going to hell. You're just, you're just going to be judged for it. So I guess a question I know, we know I'm not a Christian. So, but uh -huh. I don't know what happens after you die. And we've established that. When somebody commits suicide, mm -hmm. do you think that they are stuck with their body until it's discovered and until the funeral, and then maybe they get judged, or how does that whole thing work? No, their spirit completely leaves their body, and their body is just still in the grave where if they're cremated, their ashes are still in the urn or wherever the ashes are sprinkled, and uh no they're out of their body so they don't actually witness the reaction of people discovering it no oh that's good no from what i understand when a person dies their spirit leaves their body and that's it nice whether the nice no. whether the um the body is cremated and sprinkled into the water or whether the body is in the grave in a coffin um and their bodies 
decay. So, you know. No, but what I'm saying is right away. It's like instantaneous. You're not stuck there to see the reaction. Right. You you okay. leave. You okay, leave good. like instantaneously. Yeah, instantaneously. Nice, nice. Right. No oh, good. Yes. yes. I heard people measuring like I, I heard of um the measuring of bodies after a spirit leaves and it's a significant um you can tell. Now I've heard that too, and I've also heard people say that's a little bit of a misnomer. So I don't know what to believe. Yeah, well, I honestly think it's possible mm. that when a spirit leaves, that the body uh, loses uh, weight because of that. Uh, because L- of the spirit leaving. Let's talk about the idea of slow suicide for a second. Oh. And what I mean by that is, As humans, mm-hmm. we do a lot of self-destructive things. Some people are into smoking. Others like to drink a lot. Yeah. Um, other people, maybe myself included, have issues with diet. Mm-hmm. And these all eventually have the potential to lead to death. Yeah. And I'm wondering. I know that gluttony is a sin, but I don't it know how a- far we take it. It is a sin. It it definitely can become a a big big problem. Yeah. Could God look at somebody who smoked for their entire life and eventually developed lung cancer and died, and knew that cigarettes le- led to that type of thing? Could he look at that as a form of suicide? Um, I don't know that it is. I think it's just a bad choice on the person's part. Mm. It's not necessarily suicide because if you're doing it to uh, specifically kill yourself, then it would be, I think if you're doing it with the intention of killing yourself, then it would be a suicide. Interesting. But if you're doing it because you, you can't stop doing it and you're addicted, but you want to, you want to stop it. That's different than the intention of giving yourself lung cancer or giving yourself heart disease or giving yourself alcohol poisoning. Okay. So it's just like a bad choice. That you a very a bad lot. decision. Yeah. Nice. That, May cause may may be the cause of uh, a person's demise. Will there be secondhand smoke in heaven? No, bubs. Okay. Buzz, what you have to understand is you're thinking about heaven in an earthly way, and like I said, I think heaven is a totally different uh, realm that none of us would not be able to explain unless we experienced it. Yeah, like my out of body. Oh my goodness! You hate it when I talk about this. Yes, I do. Oh my god. Because you talk about it ad nauseum, but but it was so different from this reality. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That it's sort of hard to contextualize. But you weren't exactly, you know, sober either. So that's an, that's another thing that I I brought up is that you're not you're not exactly. Um, I could make the counter argument, babes, that when you hear about Christians who have had out of body experiences, they could have been suffering from some trauma, like a head injury as well. I'm very, well, I'm just going to say this. I'm very, I'm very skeptical. I'm very skeptical about any out of body experiences. Hmm. It doesn't matter if they're Christians or not. Now, I do think that spirit, God, Vishnu, whatever you want to call a higher power. There is a possibility that that being has put certain things on this planet to help us tune into different forms of reality, whether it's psychedelic mushrooms, uh, the art of meditation, um, things like that. I think our, our, they they change our frequency a little bit. 
I think a lot of it is humanism. Okay. Human ideas and human uh, human things. I don't know that it's really God that made this. I don't think it is. I think a lot of it is man-made. The art of meditation isn't exactly... Uh, um, I, I kind of think it might be like a humanistic idea. But who knows where that idea came from? Maybe God placed it in somebody's head. And, and when I mean by meditation, I mean um, Middle Eastern meditation. The kind that I do with the breathing stuff. Right. That's what I'm you close talking your eyes. about. Right. And I'm saying, how do you know that God didn't put it in some Middle Eastern guy's head? Hey, you should close your eyes and breathe and concentrate on the breath. Because when I've read about meditation in the Bible, it isn't even, um, it's not even close to Middle Eastern meditation. I would make the argument, and you're not going to like this, that the Bible you m- read is meant to scare white folks into doing the right thing. It's meant to scare poor white people, poor black people too, but it's it's specifically designed to keep people in line. Meaning to scare people or yes. meaning to show people to how to live how to live much better. It, to scare well I just gave a simplistic thing. I realize that. So maybe I should expand it a little bit more and this is still going to be very rudimentary. It's meant to scare people and to make them believe that there's something to hope for beyond this world so they don't rise above the, whatever position they have in life. That's my opinion, obviously. Well, how would you know that if you haven't read it? I'm just giving you an opinion, babe, based on what I know about it. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, I do believe that a higher power could have placed the idea of meditation into somebody's brain. And that's how it spread because it does help you tune into different, different frequencies. But we disagree on that, babes. Uh, vehemently. Yes. Oh, oh, vehemently. Yeah. Vehemently. Oh, 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 so what's the thing babes with ergot? What is the deal with, with ergot? Ergot? It's apparently this is- very, psychedelic mold that grows on bread and some people have speculated that it was around in the time of uh moses so there's like all these weird references to psychedelics and also i believe it's the acacia tree or acacia leaf that burned in moses's time and apparently that's like loaded with dmt what is i never even heard of of ergot yeah and a lot of people think that it's it's it was um uh, well they know that it's a very it's a psychedelic mold that grows on bread but a lot of people speculated that it was rampant in the times of the bible i can't answer to that but mm. i really don't know um i guess if you ask somebody that went to seminary and studied um the the life of moses they might have an idea about it but i don't know i need to pick up the sacred mushroom and the cross again Okay. By John Marco Allegro. Okay. We should uh, check that out sometime, babe. No thanks. No thanks, Bob. No thanks. Hands a little too out there for me, Bob. Oh my goodness. I, I, yeah, I think that we don't have to go down this road, but I, I do think that psychedelics make a convincing argument that there's something beyond this realm of existence. But why do you even need it? That's what I'm asking. That's what I want to know. What do you mean? Why does a person even need that to um, to intensify, I don't know, knowledge, intelligence, creativity, 
Um, I've heard some arguments against that, that it, that even if it feels like it, it's expanding your mind, you don't really know what it's doing. Uh, you don't really know what it's doing to your, to you medically. Well, actually they've been doing medical studies now on it. And apparently it does enhance activity in the areas of your brain that are related to empathy and creativity. Sounds like a drug pusher to me. But I like the way you say we don't know. And I tell you, they've been doing medical studies. Yeah, but how how do you know that these people that are doing these supposed medical store uh, studies are really um really know what they're talking about or if they're just high on psychedelics all day? Well, one, these are medical researchers, and I don't think that you could do that type of work and be high on psychedelics all the time. Well, you couldn't be high on psychedelics all the time either because any oh, this is what now I've never done psychedelics, but from what I've heard, uh-huh. you need a certain you need breaks. It's not the so I know I know it's a cop out to say that psychedelics are not addictive, but my argument to let me rephrase this. What I would like to say about that is a reason I believe that is because what I've heard is that you can only really do it like one day and then you need like a two week break if you really want to go to that next level again. So it's not like heroin where you can do it every single day or alcohol. Like you, you specifically need breaks when you're doing that type of thing. This is what I've heard. Okay. You know, what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? to you? What else to you? <laughs> Are you going to be upset, babes? If you die and God tells you, Rick was, God comes to you and say, hey, uh, you know, just so you know, uh, Rick's in hell, but he was right about the psychedelic thing. Bubs, you are just so far out there. <laughs> I don't, Bubs. I I don't think it's gonna matter by the time I I'm I'm dead. Okay. It's not gonna matter. I'm not gonna be thinking about that. I don't think I I would be. Nice, nice. Bob. Babes. Bubbly. Babes. I love you, babes. I love you, Bubbly. <laughs> Give me a kiss. Oh wow. Give me a kiss. Very nice. Yes. You've got a clean shaven face, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. I like you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like in Bugsy, where he tells that guy at the beginning of the movie, nice car, and the guy just says, thank you. <laughs> okay. And then he drives off with it. Oh, oh. Yes. Yeah, that was a, that was a disturbing movie. That's a great movie. I remember when I saw that scene, I went to see it in the theater, I think, three or four times. And one of the times I asked my mom, so did he just kill that guy and put his body in the trunk? And she says, no, he probably just bought the car. Oh. Yes. One of the guys he spared. Well, yeah, it was, you remember after they go to Lawrence Tibbetts place? Yeah. And he buys it and gives him the keys to the bungalow. Yeah, yeah. And then he's driving to that meeting and he sees the guy in the car and he has that exchange. And then he drives over to meet with Jack and mm-hmm. talk about how you guys are now going to be working with us. Uh-huh. And I thought, oh, I wonder if he killed that guy with the car and he just stole the car. My mom said he probably just bought it off of him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because one, he'd have to kill him out in the street. Two, this dude was a civilian. You know, all that type of stuff. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I could quote that movie all day. Oh, I'll never hear the end of it. It's going to be a <laughs> Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. I don't talk about that movie all the time. No, you don't. 
It's a good kids movie, though. It's not your a kid, good. It is not a good kids movie. Your kids will enjoy it. I lo- it was one of my favorite movies as a kid. It was. Well, Bubs, you just because you liked it as a kid doesn't mean that every kid is going to like it. Oh, it has action, adventure, romance, deceit, deception, rather deception. Well, deceit is right. Yeah, money, all that stuff. Kids, the kids will love it. Oh no, it's not for kids. It's. More kids should be It's watching. not for kids. <laughs> not for kids. Uh, <laughs> not for kids. This is, this is exactly why you are very disconnected from children. Oh, I think I might be. Yeah, I had to explain to you what family shows were. Mm. Because I knew, no, babe, not, I know the concept uh-huh, of what a family show is. Uh-huh. I had to explain to you what is a family show and what isn't. There's a lot of good family shows out there, babes. I know. I've watched a lot of them. Ted Lasso. Not Ted Lasso. The Wire. Not The Wire. Liar, well, the Wire has kids on it, babes. It doesn't matter, bubs. Uh-oh. It's not good for kids to watch. I still love you there. Jay, whoa, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, I just I just thought, you know, I'd just reach over and, you know. I just got to have my fun, bubs. <laughs> what? I just got to have my fun, bubs. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Now that mushrooms are illegal in Oregon. I thought we were off of this. Okay. Are you? <laughs> no, I'm not going to. Okay. Interesting. I just wanted to check in with you on that. You know, I know I have conservative friends who have started to get into psychedelics. So you can be a Trump supporter. Well, it's not my thing, Bubs. Okay. I'm not going to start now. Okay. Yeah, if your conservative friends want to do that, that's their business. That's their business. Yes. Uh, keep me out of there, tummy. That is my tummy. Something's <laughs> going on. You must be hungry. I must be. I'll give us a snack. Hungry for love. Ladle. Ladle. Uh, anyway, let's move on, shall we? So, I want to talk about death for another second. Again? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're a little obsessed today with death. I am. I've been thinking about it a lot recently. I mean, I, I've always thought about it, but it's been intensified the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking today, there are, and this is a sad thing, right? And of oh. course, since I said that, I start giggling, but it really is sad. <laughs> okay. You hear about horrible human beings like Ted Bundy uh-huh. who kidnap, torture, and kill people. No remorse. No remorse. Yeah. And so the other day I'm thinking to myself, because this is what I do, right? Uh-huh. I think, well, what was it like for Ted Bundy when he's torturing somebody? But also, like, what was it like for the victim? She's being tortured, and then, like, all of a sudden she's out of her body. Uh-huh. And she's on another level of existence, like, instantaneously. Uh-huh. Like, what, what do you think that's like to go from being tortured to just being someplace else? Um... You mean like once you're uh, one minute you're here, the next minute you're not? Yeah, but you go from extreme pain to hopefully an enjoyable version of an afterlife. I don't know, but I would imagine this woman, because he's killed many, many women. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine that um, their last few moments on Earth were pretty... Uh, scary and absolutely i can i mean i can only imagine because he killed a lot of people's daughters Mm -hmm. sisters uh and and some of them were just random people and some of them weren't you know and some of them were rich too but not all of them not all of them were but i mean 
and I, and, and it's because, and it was like a certain type of, a certain type of woman. Yeah. Because they reminded him of his ex. And he tried to, I think it's more complicated. Than right. That. But I, there was, Anne Rule kind of made some speculation that a lot of them looked like, who was it, Meg? Uh, Stephanie Brooks. Or Stephanie. But, um, I think it's a little bit more complicated than they just all looked like his ex. But I, I yeah. hear where you're going with this. No, Meg was the one who stayed with him for a long time and then she turned him in. Yeah, but didn't he try to kill w- women who kind of looked like her? No, that was Stephanie Brooks. Okay. Stephanie Brooks was like his, his um girlfriend from a long time ago. But then there was speculation that he killed before he was with Stephanie. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that happened. But yeah, there well, was some speculation. What, what I'm trying to tell you is it's a little bit more complicated than that. And I don't know. I just found myself thinking, what's that like being a victim? And then suddenly you're just out of the situation, like instantaneously. I can't, I I can't, I can't fathom that. Mm. I just can't. I'm just thinking about how they, how their last moments were and nobody was with them and the families are wondering where they are and they can't find her. I think I might've told you this. And if I'm repeating myself, it's too bad. Okay. I had a friend in high school, and I blew the friendship. Okay. This was one of Rick's many, I was being an asshole, and I shouldn't have been. Thanks, right? But his mom was good friends in high school, when she was in high school, with the girl who got killed by Ted Bundy. Really? Yeah. Who was it? I do, he didn't say the name of the victim, so unfortunately, I don't know. Uh, but he oh, did tell wow. me that, and I was like, oh, that is that is wow. so sad. That is sad. Mm-hmm. I what I what I think is something that I also can't fathom is that there's a Ted Bundy fan club. Apparently there's a couple of them. Still. Yeah. And I'm like, why? This guy's dead. It's so weird, like Louis C.K. gets canceled by ha- for having phone sex. Yeah. And yet Ted Bundy has all these fan clubs out there. Why are they not canceled? Well, I don't think we should cancel anybody. I, I mean, I think, sort of child pornography well, I mean, or giving out home mattresses, of course. Well, I mean, I think that, okay, so I don't think, I mean, I, you know that I don't, I don't like censorship, but yes. there are some times where some things have to, um, there, there has to be consequences. Okay. Let me give you an argument and I'll, I'll use somebody you don't like to make the argument too. Okay. Um, if I started a Bill Clinton fan club, do you think I should be canceled? Not necessarily. But Bill Clinton has killed a lot more people than Ted Bundy um, has through his actions and executive orders. Um, well, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, because Bill, as you know, Bill Clinton is a very corrupt man. And, um, yeah, but, but Ted Bundy, Ted, I don't know. Ted Bundy is a totally different person though. I, I would make the argument that Bill Clinton has done a lot more damage than Ted Bundy has. And yet you wouldn't necessarily cancel me if I started a Bill Clinton fan, well, fan club. Well, I mean, it's, it's, you have to think about it too. Like, is this, could this be detrimental to, to somebody? Um, I don't think you should have a Bill Clinton fan club. Yeah. I think it should be exposed. Um, a Ted Bundy fan club is way, I think, a lot more extreme. Um, yeah, I don't know. What I would say is, look at those people who are in the Ted Bundy fan club, like, they're a bunch of assholes. 
right? But that doesn't mean that you, that they should be canceled. It just means just be aware that these people are complete douchebags and maybe don't associate with them in real life. That's how I look at it. Okay. Well, what about repeat offenses? What do you mean? What about if somebody is, I don't know, like, um, if somebody keeps making off color remarks about Judaism, uh, and, 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 you know, a lot of people are very upset about anti-Semitism. Yeah. Right. But they keep on doing it and they keep on doing it and they keep on doing it. As much as I don't like cancellation, sometimes I think they have to, they have to face some consequences. So to me, it, a lot of it depends on the context. So if somebody just makes a lot of messed up jokes about Jewish people, I wouldn't say cancel that person, but I, I would say be aware that that person is a bit of a douchebag. But if somebody is trying to incite violence against Jews, that's a completely different situation. Then you, then we can talk about cancel. But if it's just they, they say some messed up shit, don't associate with that person. You know, don't but go to the paper. Don't fight for them to be canceled. Yeah, yet. but I mean, if they're making some off, I mean, I understand what you're talking about, but at the same time, if they keep repeating some really off color stuff and they try to apologize, but it doesn't sound like it's an apology, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I got caught doing this again. Or if they keep on doing stupid things like uh, wearing blackface. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I don't, I know that, that, both of us don't like censorship, but sometimes people have to get fired. No, I think that stuff is reprehensible. It is. But I'm against cancel culture. I'm for free speech. With the exceptions of you're inciting violence or you're encouraging, uh, you know, some sort of sexual deviancy where it's with people who can't consent. Or threatening or threatening uh, harm on people. Is that what you... Yeah, that's what fall under inciting violence. And you can make an argument for liable things. So if I say, and I'm using you as an example, so I'm going to pick on you. So if I say, Alana killed her mom last night, she should be arrested. Well, that's, that's just not true. And so that's a liable thing. But with those three types of exceptions aside... I don't believe in cancel culture. I, I believe in free speech. I'm a free speech person. As am I. Yeah. And I think that sometimes when you have free speech, that means the freedom to say things that other people, including myself, are not going to like. Yeah. I, I, I know what that is. But yeah. I know. I so know. I think that blackface is reprehensible. But do I, do I think that that means that somebody shouldn't be able to work and that somebody shouldn't be able to express themselves? No. No, I, I find it reprehensible. But you should still be able to do it. But I'm not going to do it. And I'm oh. not going to endorse that type of thing. Okay. Yeah. Let's fail. Yes, yes, yes. But that's just me there. J-Wo. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yet, uh, I get the, um, yet a person like Paula Dean is, um, completely, uh, lost her empire for something she may have said years ago. I don't know. Well, but you can make the, Argument, and I don't know the specific. I mean, I've heard about it, but I don't know what else is going on there. I would make the argument that okay, should she have lost her empire? I I don't know, but maybe to say okay, this person is a little racist, and that doesn't mean that you can't support them, but just be aware when you're doing it that you're supporting but somebody who might be a little bit racist. My my thing is that the the person who said it was uh supposedly this black employee Go of on. hers. I don't know. I didn't hear her say it. She claims that 
Paula Dean, in fact, said something, mm-hmm. um, said a, um, a racial slur. Um, but if it were a white person saying that about a black person, then nobody's going to suffer consequences. Except, uh, uh, nobody's going to suffer consequences except for the white person. They would be raked over the coals because the person was black. Now, the black person isn't, isn't, um, having any, um, no, I don't think anyone, I don't know if anyone really looked into what she claims to be true. And there she loses her, uh, entire empire from the Food Network. And even though the Food Network does have the right to do that, I don't, I don't think it was right for them to do that. But couldn't Paula Dean have taken her show to the internet? And if she was really, uh, she the, did. So she didn't she, lose her empire. She, she did. No, well, she lost her empire with the sponsors that she had. And, um, and she lost a lot. She lost, um, her sponsorship with Smithville um, Sausage and uh, the Food Network, and I, I forgot who else was sponsoring her. But but if it was, I mean, I'm just saying there's a, there's a there's a double standard here. Here's the thing: I am completely for freedom of speech, as we've just discussed. But I also think a corporation has a right to separate itself from somebody who they don't like their image, right? Um, and Again, I don't know, really know everything that went on with the Paula Dean thing. Now, I will tell you that I heard that a lot of people were upset with her because she was a diabetic and didn't disclose that, but put out these really rich recipes that are not good for people who suffer from diabetes. Um, I thought that was insane. I thought that, I thought that claim was ridiculous. I, I don't know enough. I've never yeah. seen her. Show. I mean, yeah, she was diabetic, but she had the freedom to cook whatever she wanted on her show. Right, but there with freedom comes consequences. And if she she still had the right after her show was canceled to go to the internet and or maybe to Fox News because Fox is always talking about how much they hate censorship, right? I think I think she did go to the internet though. I, okay. I don't I don't I've never I've not watched her. I don't know if she still has a show, but I haven't watched anything she put out there, but I think she did start some kind of um internet show. So she was able to she was able to come back, but I yeah. don't know if she's doing it. I'm just saying, um, when it comes to race, it just seems like there's more of a double standard. And I I wanted to point that out. There. In some ways there is, but there's also, in our country, there is a need to course correct. Because for so long, including within our lifetimes, there has been this emphasis on black people or second-class citizens. And... I, do I disagree with, do I think that in some ways we go too far in the other direction? Absolutely. But I understand why it's done. I know, but the Jesse Jacksons and the Al Sharptons of the world don't take into accountability that even black people can be racist against white people. That is true. but that, and, and they've said some, I mean, Al Sharpton has said some pretty um, anti-Semitic stuff about Jews. Absolutely. But that doesn't excuse... The other stuff that white people have no, done. Like, it doesn't. There's, there's still Confederate statues. In no, no, no. It, it doesn't excuse it, but there's a lot of blaming and shaming of white people that never even committed a hate crime. That's all I'm saying. That's true. That's true. And, 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 and it know. does go a little bit too far in one direction, but it's, we're course correcting. And this is part of the problem. And it's not a problem, but it, it can. I, I think it's backfiring to tell you the truth. Oh. I do. I think that it's not going the way that it should go and it isn't uniting people the way that it should be uniting people. And, and a lot of people are more divisive because 
of this whole wokeness thing that's just gone completely nuts. But the wokeness thing is starting to burn out. I hope you're right. Like, look at the Joe Rogan thing, yeah. right? The, he didn't get fired from no, Spotify. He didn't. And, no, he didn't. And, um, you know, Whoopi Goldberg, as much as she said something really, really stupid, she wasn't fired either. It's starting to go in. People are starting to have more common sense nuance of the world. It's happening slowly, but it is starting to take place. And I think, too, it's a lot of this has happened on the left, and it's kind of hard to be for woke culture and support a president like Joe Biden, who has been accused of sexual misconduct Mm -hmm. and has said some pretty crazy shit in his day about, uh, you know, justifying why he voted for segregation. So it's, it's, I think it's going away. It's slowly, but it's happening. I hope you're right. Yeah. Uh, Or it may just be a constant, I'm very skeptical about it, but it, it just may be a, a constant battle that we keep on seeing over and over again. And Paul, well, it's, it always takes a different form in our general, in our time, rather, it's taken the form of wokeness, but it also happens on the right, um, throughout history, including now. Um, so we're talking about wokeness. We could easily be talking about the right wing and some of their versions of censorship. There's always going to be people who try to censure, and it's just a matter of being vigilant. But what about the people that haven't been, you know, haven't suffered consequences like um, Louis Farrakhan, as you know, has said some pretty anti-Semitic things about white men and – or I'm sorry, about Jews, and he said some racist things about white people. So um, he's another person. Well, but if you're saying – Here's the thing. If you believe in free speech, you should believe that Louis Farrakhan should have the right to say that stuff. No, 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 no. Of course I do. I'm just saying that why isn't anyone talking about that? People have talked about him. I've heard people on the right talk about Louis Farrakhan. And Has I've anybody heard some on pe- the left? I've heard some people on the left talk about him, too. Okay. Um, so it, it's not like... Well, I mean, I've heard people say that about him, too, but it's like... Um, it, it's kind of interesting because... Let's uh let's kind of um get away from the race thing and just say, you know, despite all the crazy stuff that Louis Farrakhan has been talking about, he is a really good uh musician. Yeah, take that into account. It's uh it's interesting. And also take into account Louis Farrakhan probably experienced a level of racism when he was growing up that was very hard for us to understand or would be hard for us to contextualized today so does that mean that you have to agree with everything he says no but realize that he had a life experience that is much different from ours okay yeah that's fail and it doesn't mean that he's not a douchebag but he's a douchebag with a a life experience like i heard something the other day yeah that keeps sticking with me yeah so you know the old saying everybody has a story that you've yet to hear yep which is true, but then I also heard a thing that says everybody is fighting a battle that you don't know about. And that battle may take the form of depression, or maybe somebody is having issues with their kids, or an ex-husband. Uh-huh. And you don't get to see those things. So we don't really know the full story about Louis Farrakhan, but we also don't really know the full story behind Paula Dean or, or uh, all these other people. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. It's just something to think about. It's a little complicated. It is complicated, but, but it's also true. I can't agree. Yes. What battles are you fighting that I don't know about, babes? Uh, uh, currently, um, I'm not fighting anything at the moment. Oh. N- until until something happens again. Nice. I don't know. Uh, How you feeling, babes? 
I'm glad we had that discussion there, Jewo. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Babes. Yeah. You are getting more into the wire. Um, I've only watched three episodes, so I guess it's growing on me. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I I mean I felt the same way with Ted Lasso. It took me a while to kind of get into it. But you're liking it. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's 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 I'm still kind of getting used to it. I only saw two, three episodes. I thought the one yesterday was really good. Yeah, that was uh, that was intense. I'll just point out a couple of scenes because there's so much to it. Mm-hmm. They try to sweep the murdered witness under the rug at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Meaning Rawls and, you know, his folks. Yeah. McNulty is, is thinking this isn't, they're not doing real police work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we have a couple great scenes with D'Angelo in this episode. Uh-huh. I really liked, I think it was Bodie was yelling at one of the drug addicts uh-huh. because they didn't get their supply yet. Yeah. And D'Angelo says, why do you have to yell at the man? You're taking his money. You don't have to disrespect him. You don't have to, you don't have to, um, you don't have to treat him like that. I mean, I know they're just getting drugs, but. D'Angelo is one of my favorite characters from season one. Do you think that he is, uh, I'll just ask this question really quick and then you can go on. Do you think he is more of the, um, more of a, a more level-headed, um, a drug pusher? I think there's a lot of level-headed drug pushers in the show, but he would fall into that category. Yeah. he's He did a really dumb thing by killing somebody, but he does have a certain amount of intellect to him. Right. Was he the one that was um, was looking at the um, the chess pieces on the board? He was the one who was trying to teach them how to play chess. Yeah, that was a very interesting way of um, teaching them how to play chess. What did you think about that? Because that was that's a great scene from that I was going to. Yeah, play. it was interesting. Like I never, I never would have thought of it that way in the drug world, but I guess I can understand that. Mm-hmm. He has that level of intelligence. There's also issues in this episode with they don't really know what Avon looks like. Y- yeah, yeah, that's right. You, you, he, they see a picture of this guy that looks like a middle-aged white guy. Because they sent the two detectives who don't really want to be on the case there to the projects to get the picture while McNulty and Kima do the actual work. Yeah. Your man, Lester Freeman, goes out because he overhears, I think, Kima saying something about how D'Angelo, or, um, uh, Avon used to be a amateur boxer. Yeah. And he goes out and he finds an old photo of him. Right. And he goes to the, the gym to find it, right? Yes. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. What else happened in this episode? Oh, yeah. Jimmy goes with Kima to talk to his friend from the FBI. And he owes McNulty a favor. So he agrees to put in a request for some equipment. Um. Jimmy lets his buddy know that McDan- that Daniels is his superior officer. And yeah. at the end of the episode, he goes to McNulty and says, I didn't want to say anything in front of Kima, but we think your man uh, Daniels is dirty because yeah. he has a lot more money than he should have for lieutenant. Yeah. We don't know for sure because the investigation got stopped. Burrell wouldn't let it go any further. Right. What did you think of that whole thing? Um, 
Yeah, yeah, it was it was intense. Um, and McNulty isn't exactly you know squeaky clean either because he's having an affair with the DA. But his wife, it's not really an affair anymore because the well, wife and well, the I marriage. Know. No, I know that, but, but I'm I hear saying, what you're saying. He's he's sleeping with the DA, and I'm like, I can't be good. Yeah, I really can't be good. I love the scene with Bubs where uh, they're, they're going to send the cop in to the hood. Yeah. As an undercover person. Oh, Sidnor? Sidnor. Yeah. And he just like calls them out. He's like, oh, you look too clean. And you have to look at the bottom of your shoes. Yeah. You should be about 20 pounds lighter. I love that. I thought that was so great. 20 pounds lighter. Yes. Coming from someone who's really not a dog addict. Oh, my goodness. That's what you said. Yeah. Andre is Royal. a Royal is a really good actor on the show. Yeah. This is a great episode. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in it. And Prez Belushi gets off. Prez Belushi. Prez Belushi. He gets off and is doing office work. What do you think of Prez Belushi? I think he made a really poor decision, which costed a a young guy his left, um, his his uh, sight in his left eye. What do you think? Of, left eye or right eye? I think it's the left eye, but I could yeah. be wrong. Yeah. What do you think of Carver and Herc? Um, I'm not too sure about them yet. Mm. I, I, I have to really, I don't know. I, I don't know about them yet. You saw Kima and Carver beat somebody in this episode. Yeah. How did you feel that, about that? Yeah, that wasn't their finest hour. No. No, and especially Kima was, um, was encouraging Carver to, to uh, do what she was doing to that one guy. This is not the last time in the season you will see Kima beat somebody. Yeah. I mean, she really, she really beat this guy up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I, I would imagine it. I, I really like the um, audio description for this show. It's great, but there's so much that they just have to leave out because every yeah. scene has all these intricate details. Yeah. Yesterday, I told you what I learned about Clark Peters. Yes. Who plays... Lester Freeman. Lester Freeman, probably my favorite character on the show. Very underrated. Yeah. So everybody who worked on The Wire, as far as actors go, would get a stipend Mm -hmm. that was meant to pay for food and lodging. They'd get it for the season for like a six-month period. And one day, early on, Clark realized that if he took the amount of money that they gave him to pay for an apartment – and put a down payment on the house. It would be roughly the same amount of money. And because it's Baltimore, he could get a five-bedroom house. His son would stay with him part of the time. So mm-hmm. would his wife. And he could rent out the other three bedrooms to his fellow cast members on The Wire. Yeah. And I read that and I thought to myself, that is such a Lester Friedman way of looking at the world. And apparently, they would. he didn't like TV. Mm-hmm. Uh Dominic West asked him to store a TV for him in the basement, but they never watched it. Oh, wow. And there would be all these intellectual conversations. They'd play instruments. They'd paint. And in the basement? Well, no, they paint upstairs in the living area. Oh, okay. And they just had these really cool conversations and parties. It sounded like a really interesting experience. And yeah. it's such a Lester Friedman thing to do. He sounds like a really generous person. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I've seen him on interviews, I'm like, dude, you were perfectly cast as Lester. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. So right now they're not taking him seriously because he's doing his kind of doing his own thing. Because they just see him working on dollhouses. Right. But they McNulty noticed it when he got that picture. Yeah. They're not quite sure what to think of Lester yet. Yeah. yeah. Do they ever find out why he does a dollhouse? He makes money. He oh, that's sells right. He sells them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he makes more money doing that than he does as a de- detective. That's interesting. Yep. That's very interesting. Yes. 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 Huh. Yes. Well, interesting. Well, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're like liking the wire there. Yeah. And then we watched a couple of Seinfeld stuff, which was was pretty funny. Yeah, I was kind of starting to zone out though. Uh oh. Yes, yes, yes. Uh oh. I remember the thing with George and his boss that was really good. <laughs> yeah, because um, he got hired at this new company. He got hired at this new company, and it just it turned out that. That uh, George was at the beach and um, his uh, now boss is with his family and his clothes were were taken away and put in the water. And this was like 10 years earlier. There's a photo of this. George takes it down to a Photoshop. Yep. And they take out his boss from the photo instead of George. So he has to get a picture of his boss with his shirt off so he can get the photo uh, back done, done upright. I I thought this was a fun episode. This was really fun. And then there was, um, I think it might've been either the episode before where uh, Elaine breaks up with Putty for the second time to date somebody. And she just feels this instant connection with him. It turns out that he used to do these lame commercials as a whiz. Yes. As a wizard or whatever it's called. pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and then um and then uh Kramer keeps getting these catalogs. Yes. So he denies <laughs> mail. They were good episodes. Kramer's really funny. There's always something like he's always having this new idea and it's really funny. I am excited about something I found out this week. I wanna say it's premiering on March 1st, but I may have it. It's sometime in March. Mm-hmm. HBO is releasing a documentary about Larry David. Ah. I'm for sure going to watch that. And we might want to view it together. Okay. It's so weird to me that you've never seen Curb. No. Curb your enthusiasm. No, I heard, I heard about it, but I, I never, I never cared to see it. I think now it's gone on a little bit too long, but. Is it like over 10 years? 11 ago seasons. It, wow. Yeah. But there's a lot of good seasons in there. There's a lot of stuff about Curb I, I really like. It just feels predictable now. What character does um, Cheryl Hines play? She plays his now ex-wife. Okay. Yeah. Larry David's ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Interesting. We looked up Larry David's net worth. They say it's $400 million. Yeah. And Jerry Seinfeld is supposedly worth nine hundred and fifty million. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to lie; I expected Larry David to be worth like six or seven hundred million, but uh, four hundred ain't nothing to scoff at. Nope. Yeah, he's doing all right, babes. That's a that's a lot than some people are making. It's a lot more than I have. That's about four hundred million dollars more than your that, man has. That's that's more than what I have too. Yes. Yes, a lot more. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, Let's say Jerry Seinfeld's wife wants a night with me. Oh, my goodness. And she's willing to pay you $400 million. Nope. Okay. I'm going to say nope. Wow. 
I can get my own money, thank you. Okay, but not that kind of money. Nope, not dirty money. We have not watched Indecent Proposal, but have you seen it? I've heard about it. I don't believe I watched it. Okay. It's not the best movie ever made, but it's okay. Is that the one where some... Yeah, I remember you, you told me the the um the one about this guy's wife. Demi Moore and Woody Harrelson are a couple who are struggling financially. They go to Las Vegas, and Robert Redford is this billionaire who offers them a million dollars for a night with Demi Moore. Right. Yes. No, I did not see it, but I did definitely heard of it. Good. Did you see it before? Yes. But I saw the TV version back in the day. They showed it on ABC, I want to say in like October of 95. Yeah, they, sometimes they, they sometimes they, still move, they they show movies like um, Bird on a Wire with um, Goldie, Goldie Hawn. I don't think I only saw it, um, the TV, TV version of it, but I wasn't too in, into that. No. Do they still show movies on regular network television? I'm sure they do, but I've been away from TV for so long that I don't even know. Mm. I, I can't tell you. Interesting. But they do show, like, you know, sometimes I'll, I will watch a Lifetime movie, and I think the last one I watched was the one about um, Warren Jeffs. Nice. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. yes there we go there. J-Wall. Yes. I Bobby. think between the first and second episode of Seinfeld, you said, Bobby. I'm gonna go and get your queen cheese out of the fridge. Yeah, uh, yeah, I. That did not work. I messed up because I seriously thought that we didn't use all the cream cheese last week, yeah. and much to my surprise, I realized that I did mess up and I didn't. I didn't get enough, um, any cream cheese. Okay, so let me ask you this. Yes. I have suggested in the past that maybe you take inventory of what you have before you make an, an a shopping order. Are you going to start doing that? I usually do that, and sometimes I do that during. Oh. Um, but for some reason, the cream cheese just completely escaped my mind. That's unfortunate, because I have plenty of cream cheese at home. Oh, okay. Yeah, but well, it didn't help us last night. Next time, if we decide that we're going to make something with cream cheese, I will uh, either get some from you or buy some myself. Nice, nice. But we... Um, we did manage to make um, some good sandwiches with um, the cheese that I did have. Mm -hmm. The uh, parm. Oh, somebody's calling. I know she said. I think it might be a message or whatever. Oh. So it's um, parm and uh, and cheddar. And hummus. And hummus, which actually tasted pretty good. For store-bought hummus, this was good. I usually like doing my own, but this was high. It was a I. It was a um, a Mediterranean herb flavored hummus. Mm -hmm. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I should make hummus. I haven't done it in a while. Yeah. It's so easy to do, too. I think I tried your hummus, right? You tried it once. It was good. Yeah. If yeah. you had a food processor, we could do it here, but I know how my widow G. Wolf feels about that. Well, no, I just don't know when I'm going to use it, and then I'm, I feel like I'm running out of space. Oh, you, you have a lot more space than I do in my kitchen, but it is what it is. Uh, yes. So I hit a no. No, no, no. It's okay. Well, you just you just talk about it a lot. <laughs> when I was a little boy, yes, I had sex for the first time. What? No, <laughs> joking. A little boy. That was a joke. A little boy. I had sex with Ted Bundy. Uh, no, <laughs> Bob. 
Boobs. <laughs> no, no, no. That I that did not happen. I hope not. All right, now give me a kiss. No. Yeah, come on. Why not? Oh, make some weird joke. Oh, give me a kiss. Why? Because you want to, and I'm doing this as a favor to you. A favor? Yeah, give me a kiss. You're welcome. Oh. I love you, babes. <laughs> love okay. You. <laughs> so I lied about what happened when I was a little boy. Now let me tell you the truth. <laughs> I ha- well, what I think is the truth. <laughs> what is truth? But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> okay, I have vague memories of going to the movie theater with my parents, and I want to say that I saw Throw Mama from the Train in the actual movie theater with them. Yeah. Now, considering the fact that I was around four when it came out. Uh-huh. It's possible that's not true, but I'm going with that as my story. Yes. Um, and so I, I've just like, this movie has been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. Yes. It's not the best movie ever made, but I have a fond, you know, memories of it. Yeah. Fond memories, not a fond memory. Okay. You had never seen it before. I don't remember seeing it, but because it was Billy Crystal and Danny DeVito, I thought, I really want to see that. Yeah. Will Crystal and Daniel DeVito. And Daniel directed this. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> Daniel and Willie, uh, Daniel DeVito and William Crystal. Yes. Isn't William Crystal some conservative dude on TV? No. I never heard of a William Crystal. I thought there was one. Mm. And he's like super conservative. He used uh, to be on CNN. No, I don't rem- I don't know. He was like, like the co-host of Crossfire. I don't know. Okay, and then recently he came out against Trump, but he's, like, very, like, that doesn't make him a good guy because he's, like, very pro-war. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't know who this William Crystal is. Okay. Um, I, and I think Billy Crystal is liberal. He might be. But he's probably, like, you know, a Hillary person. I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? Who knows? Did I tell you, babes? Are we going to go talk about the movie? <laughs> we what, go on, go on, go on. We will, but okay. not quite yet. Okay. I, and I may have said this here. I don't remember. Okay. When I was doing the Poets for Peace back in the day. Yep. Like 2003. I'm in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And we go over to this couple's house. And it's a really nice house. Yeah. The wife is kind of out there. Yeah. She's not mean. She's just like. She's weird. Very artistic. And yeah. so am I, but sometimes you can take but it. But she's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. The husband is super cool. Yeah. And I think the husband was a contractor who worked on Billy Crystal's house. Really? On Hawaii. Yes. I didn't know he had a house on Hawaii. Wow. Now, he did not tell me that, but I heard that from somebody who knew the husband. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. He seemed like, the husband seemed like a super cool dude. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yes. Okay. I wonder what that's like being Billy Crystal. Like, do you feel like you always have to be a nice guy? I don't know. You'd have to ask him. Mm. <laughs> I bet he's a jerk, though, in real life. I don't know. Who knows? Well, we, like I said, I mean, we have our own ideas about who's nice and who isn't nice. And sometimes the people that you think are nice are really uh, mean. And the ones who you think would be mean are actually really nice. So, yeah. I don't know. It could go either way. Yeah. I'm not going to make any assumptions about Billy Crystal. And you've read 700 Sundays. I have not. Okay. It's basically, and it was turned into a one-man show, but I read the, man, the um, I guess the 
the monologue version of it for hit for um from uh, billy crystal yeah he released it as he released the text of it as a book really and it's basically the story about him and his dad uh-huh. and the dad died when i think he was 14 i read the book like 10 years ago wow and they had just gotten into an argument earlier that night the dad goes out with the mom has a heart attack and dies oh wow yeah it was one of those things Oh, it sounds very, very depressing. But his dad used to be, a, uh, I think, a jazz or a blues promoter. Really? Yeah. Wow. And Billy Crystal knew all these people. So he knew Billy Holiday when he was a little kid. And he said that they used to go to the movies together. Him him and Billy Holiday? Yes. When he was wow. like seven years old. Really? Yeah, he talks about it in the book. Wow. So so she would take him to the movies? Yeah. By, by, theirself? yeah. by themselves? Wow. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So her, his dad knew Billy Holiday. His dad, dad knew a lot of people in that wow. world. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, b- babes, you have taken us away from the movie again. I did not. You did. Okay. Where were we? Okay. So basic, the basic premise for uh, Throw Mama from the Train is that um, Billy Crystal's character, Larry Donner, has written this book. And his ex-wife, Margaret Donner, was on Oprah promoting what she said was her book and he's upset and can't believe it. And she stole the manuscript. She stole the manuscript and, um, she stole the manuscript and, uh, took it as her own and he just couldn't stand it and he couldn't concentrate and he wanted to, he, he, at one time he says, I, I hate her. I wish she were dead. Mm-hmm. He teaches a writing class. This guy named, um, Owen, I forgot his last name. That's played by Danny DeVito. Is I taking... think his last name is Money. No, it's not. It's not Owen Money? <laughs> it sounds like his gangster's name. Ba-dum-bum-tsh. Ba-dum-bum-tsh. All right, go ahead, babes. Anyway, um, so this guy, Owen, played by Danny DeVito, is trying to get noticed by the teacher because... Um, he wants to be a good writer and he was, he's, he's been kind of calling the teacher and saying, Hey, you know, uh, what if you wanted to commit a crime? And he's asking him all these weird questions. They said, well, if you want to write a, if you want to do that in a story, then you have to eliminate the motive, eliminate the motive and establish an alibi and establish an alibi. And he thinks, Eliminate the motive and establish the alibi. He finds out that Larry wants to kill his wife. Ex-wife. His ex-wife, I'm sorry. And Larry finds out that Owen wants to kill his mama. But Larry doesn't think anything about the mama thing at first. No. He's like, I just don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. He's saying, I'm not going to do it. Stop calling me. Stop following me. He even follows him on his date. (laughs) That was great. That was great. That was great. Yes. Go on, please. Daniel DeVito, who plays Owen. <laughs> Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. <laughs> and who also, by the way, this is his directorial debut. Uh, yeah. Is, is, I think for a first-time director, pretty he good. did a great job. Yes. He goes to Hawaii where your girl who sold the book, Margaret. Uh, Kate Mulgrew uh, character. Uh, Margaret, played by Kate Mulgrew, is, is living. Yeah. This is before Star Trek Voyager. Yes. Yes. And 
He's trying to kill her, trying to kill her. Eventually, they end up on a boat together, and he pushes her over the edge because he, like, dropped an earring. <laughs> it's kind of a funny way how she went, though. Who is the one person that was laughing after she fell in the water? Oh, I forget. <laughs> but he tells Billy Crystal, he calls him and says, hey, I'm going to come back to town, and we got to talk. He tells him what's up. By now, they're searching for... Uh, Larry, because they think that he did it because he has a motive. Yep. Right? Yep. They go to Owen's place and, and he's like, okay, I'm not going to kill your mom, but he meets her. And the mama is uh, not the, the nicest mama, person in the world. The mama is the same lady who played Mama Fratelli in The Goonies, Ann Ramsey. And Annabelle Ramsey. Annabelle Ramsey. Okay. No, she she's a lady that is uh not well and also very abusive. It's so weird. You grew up knowing her from the Goonies yes. and I grew up knowing her from this movie. That's right. And like there was no I I never saw the Goonies. You hadn't seen this film. Well, you no, I showed you the Goonies. No, but you know what I mean yeah. when I was a kid. Right. Um and but this is her best performance because she got an Oscar nomination for it. Right. Yes. We only know her from these two movies. I know. I don't know if she's in any other. She stuff. died the year after this came out. She did, in fact. Yes, yes. she did. Uh, she fell off of a train. <laughs> no, no. no, no. So, eventually, Larry decides that he's going to kill her, and then backs out of it. Some stuff happens. He leaves the house. Mm-hmm. They follow him onto a train. The mom gets up, and he's like, I'm going to kill the bitch. He gets up. Danny DeVito decides that he doesn't want his mom to die. Mm-hmm. She goes out. She opens the door to the end of the train, mm-hmm. and they. she almost falls off. They save her, and then she pushes Billy, Billy Crystal. Crystal. He falls off, ends up in the hospital, and that's where he has the idea for the book, starts writing. Fast forward about a year. He's home. He's about to send his book in to the publisher after one more, you know, paragraph. Mm -hmm. Danny DeVito comes by, says that his mom is dead, but it's natural causes, and that he has a book about their experiences together. And it's a pop-up book for kids. Yeah. (laughs) Billy Crystal's happy with this. Fast forward some time later. Billy Crystal, uh, Danny DeVito, and Billy Crystal's girlfriend, Beth, I don't know the actress. I forgot what her name is, but they're they're on a beach. On a beach together, and they both have successful books out. Yeah. Is this the best movie ever made? No. I'd at least give it a a strong seven. Yeah, but it's a good movie, and it's worth watching. It's a fun kids movie that works for adults, too. (laughs) Is it a fun kids movie? Don't you think so? Mm. You can show this. I watched this as a kid. Yeah, I watched but this you, when I was like four. Yeah, but you also snuck into R-rated movies. I'm not, oh, not when I was four. Not when you were seventeen, though. Oh, I did. I snuck into uh-huh. R-rated movies way before <laughs> I was seventeen. Oh. And by the Uh-oh. way, babes, I hate to break the reality to you. When you're seventeen, you don't need to sneak into R-rated movies. You can no, I know that. I know that. I knew that. Yes, but you know what I mean. I I, I meant to say under seventeen, but yeah. okay. Um, I think this is a good kids movie. Four and up. Oh, no, not for four. I think my nephew, who's like seven, could watch this movie. Oh, no. He's already corrupted by Ted Lasso. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, what does this film teach us about who you let into your life? Uh, what exactly do you mean by that? Larry... Is at first apprehensive to talk with Owen. Mm-hmm. And then eventually he 
breaks down and meets him outside of class to discuss his story mm-hmm. and says, you should go see some Alfred Hitchcock movies yeah. and see how this stuff is done. And you have a problem with your mother, just like I have a problem with my, my ex-wife. ex-wife yep. Had he not met him and had a rational discussion with Owen, this probably wouldn't have happened. That's true. That's true. Um, I think that sometimes you meet people in your life that you wish you never met, or you meet people in your life that you're glad that you did meet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Do you want to expand on that more or no? No, not really. (laughs) What does this film teach us about the importance of establishing yourself away from your parents and independence? Uh, Well, he shouldn't have been living with his mama at his age. I don't know how old he was. We're going to say 40, but that's just a rough guess. Yeah, but we don't know exactly how that happened. If she couldn't take care of herself, it sounded like she did. She didn't know how to take care of she herself. She had some health issues. Yes. As older people do. Yeah, and uh, I don't know that giving her a soda would have helped her, but that's just me. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I remember because he tried to kill her by uh, putting something in her soda. Yeah, that would have helped him, though. I know. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so we don't know why she moved in with him. He should, she, well, we or, get, or whether, whether or not, or, or maybe he was moving in with her. I don't know. Yeah. The impression I got is that he never left home. Yeah. That could be wrong though. Yeah. I got that impression too. So I don't know, but it's always good for, uh, an adult, a young adult, especially to establish independence. Away from home. What can we learn from Mama about letting anger consume your life? Because she does not seem like a happy person. No, she's at not. At least when we meet. She's her. angry and she's also paranoid. Mm. He's, she you knows she's wondering who he's talking to on the phone. She's telling him to stop typing because it's annoying uh, or it's too loud. But he doesn't. He, she doesn't understand that he needs to do that because he is going to a writing class. So I can see the disconnection. Yeah. The disconnection between those two. And that they should have been, they should have lived apart from each other uh, way before this happened. Is there anything else you want to say about this movie? No. Okay. It's done. Okay. It's over, Bobby. It's over, Bobby. I watched another movie last night. We both did. Did we? Yes. I was very tired, but I I got the gist of the movie, Bubs. I okay. wasn't I wasn't like asleep the whole time with it. I was a very sleepy person by that the uh by that the time of the night. I believe it's called Keeper of the Flame from Keeper the, the Flame. 1940s. 1930. I thought it was the 40s because they talked about Nazis and fascism. You said it was 1935, right? Uh, it was it was from back in the day. Let's put it to you that way. It was an older movie. Yeah, I I uh, did not see this one when I was four. I didn't either. Would you like me to give the yes. overview, or you start because you saw it too? I yeah, well, I'll let you do that because I gave the overview of that one, the other one. All right. Now I was also a little bit tired during this film. Uh huh. There's a man named Forrest. Robert Forrest. Who was super successful, but at the beginning of the movie, he dies in a car accident. Spencer Tracy is a newspaper reporter, and he has a colleague, but it's mainly about him discovering all this stuff. Mm-hmm. They want to write about Robert Forrest because he was so well-known. 
And I'm going to make this fast. Yep. They go to his estate and eventually they convince his wife, Catherine Hepburn, yep. to talk to Spencer Tracy. Yep. But she's a little bit distant. She doesn't want to give too many details. Right. And there's a lot of di- different moving pieces to this movie. There's a kid whose older sister suffered from schizophrenia. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, there's... His name was Jeb. Yeah, Jeb. And I think Janet was her, his sister, correct? Something like that. Yeah. I'm bad with names. I think it's Janet. Yes. Robert was so successful that he even ran for president once. He didn't win, but, you know, he got pretty far, right? So this is, we're letting you know how powerful this man was. And there was this problem with his car that Catherine Hepburn didn't tell him about, and it led to his death. There, this movie's really good, but there's a scene at the end that takes it to the next level. Yes. Where she's, they, your man, um, Spencer Tracy, goes to this cabin and finds Catherine Hepburn burning papers. And he tries to stop her and says, what's this all about? Mm-hmm. She explains that over time, her husband fell more into the fascist movement. And yep. he had these plans to turn everybody against each other. Yep. So he wanted to turn black people against the, you know, other the people, the, the Jews, the and, white and, the, yep. and empower the KKK and all right. this stuff. It's a, yep. I'm not doing the scene justice. Yeah. But it's super powerful. And I hope it's up on YouTube because it's kind and, of relevant to the times we're living in. And she was saying something like, you know, when, when he held me in his arms, I knew that I couldn't, I wasn't the wife that he wanted because he wanted sons and I couldn't give him any sons. That could be a metaphor for a lot of things. I know. But he wanted, he wanted men to do, it sounded to me like he also, he could have wanted men to help him with this project. Robert Forrest's cousin sets the roof on fire. Your girl dies of asphyxiation. Yep. Spencer Tracy makes it out alive and starts writing stories. And that's the end of the movie. That's right. This was really powerful. It was. I mean, we can't say that this is a metaphor for Trump because I don't think he was alive when this movie got made. No, and, and no, every, I, and I do hate the trend of everybody saying that everything is about Trump now. Uh, no, he wasn't alive then. Yeah, like you know the thing that like I heard it and I'm like, come on, bro, you're you're virtue virtue. So, so even you would think this was nuts. What did he? What does this person say? The writer of Back to the Future said that Biff is based on Donald Trump. What? That's what I heard. Hold what? on, let's ask Massey. Alexa, is Biff from Back to the Future based on Donald Trump? Why would Biff, of all people? That might have been an internet rumor. Okay. Like, it's one of those things that sounds fun, but I find that a little bit of a stretch. I would agree with you on that, but let's get back to uh, the topic at hand here. Yes. Um... So let's take it off of Trump. What does this movie teach us about being brainwashed? Well, um, as we talked about yesterday after the movie, um, you know, like I said, you know, it sounded like Robert Forrest was a pillar in his community. People respected him. He was really successful, but didn't know the inside stuff that he was doing. And his wife, Christine, um, played by Catherine Hepburn, knew all about that because of uh, all the books he was reading, all the the stuff with his organization, 
and um, nobody knew about it, and she wanted people to know. Well, what I, how I would phrase it is, he didn't realize that he was being radicalized. Yeah, he didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't realize it, but he was. What does this film teach us about the powerful in this country? Um, um, a lot of, uh, the powerful, not all, but a lot of the powerful are uh, corrupt, very corrupt. I agree with you. And I would add the extra layer of they're so powerful that them becoming radicalized has the potential to ruin this country. Yeah. Right. Or some people have that level of control. Yeah, and that's why there's a lot of stories about people that are thinking outside of the establishment, so to speak, or a lack of a better term, and trying to take down the corrupt and expose them. To some extent, but I also feel like it's very easy for anybody to say, I think outside of the establishment box. And meanwhile, you're just in a different box that you think isn't connected. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, um. it, it's easy to say, it would be easy for me to tell you, well, Lana, I'm not establishment. I believe in, in this thing. But meanwhile, what I believe in is something that 30 million other people believe in. So am I really anti-establishment or am I just playing the role of the outsider to myself? I don't know that playing the role of outsider is is necessarily true. Okay. I, I think that there are people that choose to um, look at people that are not thinking the way that other people think. And that's the reason why they are, um, they're following these people. Like you and I completely disagree on Trump. I I don't see him as anti-establishment or an outsider at all. I think if you have an election where 70 million people vote for you, you're not an outsider. Um, But we, we, now if Bernie ran against him and 75 million people voted for Bernie, well, then we couldn't call Bernie an an outsider either, either. I I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm starting to question this idea of being an outsider to the system. Well, being an outsider, I don't think is dependent on how many people follow you. Okay. I think it's more dependent on how a person thinks Mm. Who a person associates with as far as um, policies are concerned for thinking about politicians. Yeah. And not doing what was usually done in establishment settings. I don't think it's dependent on how many people follow you. There's a reason to that. I hear you, but I, I could make the counter argument that those people follow you because the media lets them follow you. So No, but, but these people are not like these people are completely against the media because they feel like they've been lied to. Right, but the media lets their voices be amplified by whether by but the media com- but the media won't report this. That's mm. what I'm trying to say. They won't report it, so they have to go against them. And they have to look elsewhere. But the media like CNN will do things uh, like covering Trump's press conferences nonstop. They, they, don't, they, might, they don't do that, actually. They, they've edited them. They don't do that. They edit them now. But back in 2016, when he was first running, they would run nonstop press coverage. Jeff Zucker even admitted to this before he was fired. He, he resigned. But... Oh, well, he resigned. But he, it, it ain't like he was going to. 
Oh my goodness. I think we're getting off topic here, Bubs. Okay. We are getting off topic. Okay. Are there any more questions about this movie that you wanted to ask me? Um, I can go down the Trump rabbit hole pretty easy. Yeah, you, you can. And that's why I have to keep you out of there. Oh um, what about, we didn't talk about, and I, and I was kind of awake during this time, but we, we didn't talk about, um, what was going on with Robert Forrest's uh, mother. She's just an old lady. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't really know what else you want to say about her. But but Janet, I'm guessing Janet, because they brought Janet back to um to the, I think it was the cabin or wherever she was because she was taken to some kind of a, was it an asylum or? I think it was just a different wing of the house. A different wing of the house. And they brought her back. And, and I think it was said that Janet was going to marry Robert Forrest because they were, um they knew each other since since they were kids, but they didn't end up getting married and she ended up being a secretary. Oh no, you're right. They did take her to the asylum. Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause okay. she wasn't, she wasn't quite there. They thought she wasn't there. Nice. Yeah. And so they brought her back. Nice. Yeah. That's good stuff, babes. It was good stuff. Yes. Anything else you want to say about this? Movie? The little boy who played Jeb was really good. He was. Yeah. Yes. Very, very good. Yes. Well, good. So watch, uh, keep, keep, keep her for the, the flame. flame. Yes. Yeah. And I also remembered that, um, a much older Spencer Tracy was also with um, uh, an older Catherine Hepburn on uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. That's well known, babes. You I know, Bubs. <laughs> I, 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 Bubs, I know people know that. I just I just realized the correlation. Well, you know, babes, this is going to shock you. But they knew each other in real life, too. I know that, Bubs. <laughs> I'm sure they did. <sighs> I will. You. My J. Wolf. Give me a guess. No. Yo, yo, yo. Yeah. No. Yeah, because you need one. It was a little sarcastic today. Okay, give me a kiss. Give me a kiss, baby. No. Give me a kiss. Make me. No, I'm not going to make you. Really? I was once Uh. with this girl, babe, who liked me to slap her in bed. What? Yeah. Do we have to talk about this? Oh, I guess we don't. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, we're not going to go down that road. Why did you bring that up? Because you were just like, make me, and I don't like doing stuff like that. No, I I, I didn't mean that way. Jeez. I wasn't meaning be rough with me. Okay, so this brings up a question. What? I don't believe in slapping women. Yeah. Now, I, now having said that, there's one girl that I slapped, but it was only because it helped get her off. And she asked me to do it. Okay, is that why you're bringing it up again? Should we not go down this road? Not really. Okay, let's not go down this road. Thank you. Yes. yes you yes, can tell yes. me in private. Yes. Only, it's never okay to slap a woman unless it's the only uh, thing you can get off. All right, babes. Yes. Did you have any dreams last night? I did not, but I slept very well. I think I slept as early as 10, which uh, most most of the time when I do sleep is between 10 and 11, but I was I was super tired. I almost fell asleep at 9. Did you have any dreams? I did not. I just said that. <laughs> I just wanted to double check. Are you not paying attention? No, I was. I wanted to double check. Oh. But I did. Okay. I dreamt. Uh, I wasn't in the stream, but I was watching it. There was a congressman who's usually corrupt, but he sees this death man in his office who was waiting all day to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And he decides that he's going to engage this man in a conversation, but there's no interpreter. So they're talking about how are they going to work out the communication between the two of them when I woke up. Wow. Yeah. 
That is weird. That is weird, babes. That's very weird. All right, babes, is there anything you want to talk about or you want to give me a tweet? Well, I'm going to be eating. I don't know about you. Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. Um, I think I think we covered a lot of ground today. Okay, very good. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.